Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. Dating can feel overwhelming and frankly, overrated. In a culture that points towards comparison and competition, how do we date purposefully? In week five of our collection of talks, Single and Secure, Pastor Rich Wilkerson Jr. dives into dating, how to heal from the past, prepare for the future, and be wise in the present in this message, Dehydrated Dating. Explore more topics like this one today, including singleness, security, and living a purpose-filled life in Pastor Rich's new book, Single and Secure. No matter what season of life you find yourself in, we believe this book will resource you. Get your copy today at intothenight.com. Remember, what you project, others will reflect. Let's lean into the message together. Uh, Today we are in part five. Someone say part five. Woo! Part five, and I've preached all five parts so far. After this sermon collection, I will be taking a two-year hiatus. (laughs) Though I'm having so much fun. We are in part five of our collection, Single and Secure. And if you haven't heard, I released a book about three or four weeks ago entitled Single and Secure. And we've been talking uh, really all about this season of life, talking about you becoming content, secure in your season of singleness. How many of y'all know culture wants to tell you that a spouse will bring you security? But the reality is only Jesus can do that. A lot of us were like, give me some relationship advice. All right, here's relationship advice. If you want a healthy relationship, you're gonna need two healthy individuals. The truth of the matter is a lot of relationship problems come down to individual issues. So we've been tackling those things and I've preached a whole lot of messages. If you missed any of them, go to YouTube, go to the podcast, get those. If you haven't gotten the book yet, uh, we've got these here on site. You can also order them online, places like Amazon and into the night, uh, com. Amazon, um, Amazon. Uh, but I, I, in fact, today after this service, I don't know what location everyone's watching this from, but uh, here in the 9 a.m. this morning, I'm gonna be hanging around afterwards. I'd love to meet some of you. I'd love to sign your book if you got a book. I'd love to say hello. And then I'm gonna run as fast as I can down to the city. But um, we'd love to say hello. Uh, but today... Uh, I'm excited about this message because we've done a whole lot of a lot of work to get to here. Next Sunday, Don Shree and I are coming and we're going to do some tag team preaching on marriage, relationships. It's... Are you ready? You've been preparing? I can't wait to preach with you. We're gonna have to do so much prep together alone this week. <laughs> Because you know, you know, you know in these hours when we serve together, the enemy tries to attack, so we should stay close. We should stay very, like I'm talking about physical proximity this week. You know what I'm talking about? Someone's very first time to Voo Church, very first time to Voo Church. Adrian's gonna do this at the 11 and the 6. Okay, right there, Dawn, single and secure. Stand up real quick. I see a young woman. She just raised her hand. She's over there. Run it to her as fast as you can. Make some noise for Dawn as he's coming to her. All the way, run, run, run. Wow, look at that man. Wow. We love you. Thank you. God bless. Mind just standing in and giving us your testimony? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Anyone grow up in church like that? Person's first Sunday. Stand up. Introduce yourself. It's like, I don't even know if I want to be here, bro. All right. John chapter 4. John chapter 4, uh, verse 7. John chapter 4 is so stupid. This is what the scripture says. John chapter four, verse seven. And when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? 
His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. I'll give you some context on that in a moment. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Someone say living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, hello, you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. And uh, we've done a whole lot of groundwork to get to this point, but today I wanna preach uh, a tactical, practical message that I think is fitting for the hour, fitting for the day. And I wanna preach from the subject of dehydrated dating. Dehydrated dating. And I just wanna try to give some biblical principles today about this subject of dating because uh, as I've talked to a lot of you, a lot of you, you are single and you're saying, yo, I, I do want to get into a relationship. How do I go about doing that according to God's word? And we're going to talk about that for a moment. Um, I think most of us have had that experience before where you're dead asleep in bed and then you, 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 you wake up in the middle of the night. Has this ever happened to you? You wake up in the middle of the night and your mouth is dry. I don't know what it is, but you know, when you wake up in the middle of the night and like you're thirsty, it's like it hits you like you have been in the Sahara Desert or something, you know, like I'm on a journey. You know, you were just having a dream, but you, you get up, you're like, ah, you know, it's like it's just ah. I get like I am like ruthless, so I'm like knocking over, ah, you know, just and you make your way to the kitchen, you've ran into stuff, and then you open the refrigerator light, right? And it's like blind, it's like heaven opens to you. And then like, just because like you're so thirsty, you just reach in, you grab anything. And maybe this is happening before you grab something that doesn't really quench your thirst. Like you get, you know, 2% milk. It's like, what am I drinking? And it doesn't really quench the thirst. But what I have learned is if you get thirsty enough, you will settle for anything in the fridge. And I wonder today when it comes to our relationship life, if some of us are dehydrated, Many of us can remember growing up and watching the cartoons and there would be some sort of a cartoon out in the desert and they get dehydrated because they're so thirsty and the heat is hitting them so hard that what happens, they begin to see mirages. They see something that is not actually there. It's a phenomenon that you're seeing something, but it is a lie. It's not reality. Many times when it comes to the area of relationships, we start to have mirages. Some of you fell in love with a mirage. Hello. Um... And what happens is, is that because we're so 
thirsty, we settle for what's right in front of us, although we don't have the real picture of what is in front of us. Now, when I talk about being thirsty, I'm not talking like literally you need hydration. Um, We're using this today as a metaphor, which is what Jesus does in John chapter four. We're talking about settling. We're talking about finding satisfaction, hoping we'll find that in some other person, security in some other person, and lowering our standards and just taking what's right there right now. And I wonder today if many of us in this room, we haven't learned this fact that it might not be love, it might be thirst. Because when it gets to like relationships, how many of y'all know we just start doing weird stuff? Like we, we just... Falling in love is just weird, bro. It's like you, you just, you will just deny reality left and right, you know? Like, but you don't understand, Pastor Rich. Like, we have a song. <laughs> I, dude is an idiot. I know, but we have a song. <laughs> it's like you start like, oh my goodness, we, we just, oh, we have so much in common. And like, I like pizza. <laughs> he likes pizza. What's your favorite color? Blue. Oh my goodness. Both of our favorite colors, blue. Yeah. So is the rest of the population, you know? I remember Don Shree and I, when we were falling in love, it's like, dude, it's a special moment, but dude, it is not reality. We'd get on the phone late at night. We'd be talking all night. I just love talking to you. I love talking to you. No, shut up. I love talking to you, <laughs> but you don't love talking to me. Like I love talking. No, I love talking to you more than you love talking to me. Like if anyone were to overhear your conversation, they would think you have lost your mind. All right, it's time to say goodnight. You, you hang up first. I don't wanna hang up first. You hang, even your voice, right? It's like, what is this voice? Like every, you know a dude is in love because here's guys, what's going on, man? Good to see you. Happy you're here today. In love, hey, what's up? It's always an upper octave, right? Guys hanging out, what's up, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Phone rings. Ring, ring. Ha, <laughs> ha. Give me one second. All right. Hey, babe, what's going on? No, I'm just, just, just with the guys. No, I'm coming home soon, you know? Like, homie, you're in love, bro. No, no you hang up. No, shut up. You hang up. No, I don't want to hang up. You hang up. Okay, on the count of three. Ready? One, dos, <laughs> that means two in Spanish. <laughs> I got Nick, it got me too, actually. Um, <laughs> three, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. It's like, what is wrong with us? It's this intoxicating thing, and I'm not coming against falling in love, that's a really, really special moment, but you need to realize that if you're not careful, you might just be thirsty, you might just be looking for something to fill your dissatisfaction, and if you're not careful, what will happen is you will begin to see a mirage, you will see something in the desert that is not actually there. John chapter four is this beautiful gospel story one of my just all-time favorite stories in the New Testament. In fact, it's really fun to read John chapter three and then John chapter four because what you have is you have a contrast. You have one man, his name's Nicodemus in John chapter three that is lost on the inside. He's in the system of religion 
And he comes to Jesus in the middle of the night with questions because doing all of the good works is not satisfying his soul. And so he comes to Jesus and he's looking for answers. He's looking for questions of his soul to be satisfied. And once again, he starts speaking to Jesus and Jesus starts giving him answers, but Nicodemus is blind. He takes all of Jesus' answers and he thinks it's literal answers, but Jesus is speaking in metaphor. And so he says things like this. He's like, Nicodemus, you're a teacher of the law. You're a Pharisee. You are on the inside. You know all about what it takes to get to God, yet somehow you are still dissatisfied. I'll tell you what you need to do, Nicodemus. You need to be born again. And Nicodemus is like so confused. He's this very educated, intelligent man. He's like, born again? How can I do that? I can't, like, I, I've, already, I've already come out of the womb. Like, I don't, do I go back into my, this is like the, the conversation. And Jesus is like, you don't get it. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. And he's speaking to me, he's saying, you need to become a new creation. You need to put your faith, your trust in me. And it's only when you put your trust and faith in me that you will be born again by the spirit. And so he's trying to meet Nicodemus's need, and he says, you're dissatisfied even though you've got all the religion in the world. But then you go to the next chapter, John chapter four, which is what we're studying today, and you see that Jesus is hanging out by this well in the middle of the day, and here comes this Samaritan woman. So Nicodemus represents being lost on the inside, but now here this Samaritan woman, she represents the story of people that are lost on the outside. There's a lot of things about the story that you have to catch because I think it's really important and we could preach a whole collection just off of this one story because in so many ways, this is all of our story. Jesus, he actually goes through Samaria, I believe, to have an intervention with this woman. He shows up in the middle of the day, his disciples are not around, he is there by this well. And right away what you discover is there's some odd things taking place. The first odd thing is, is that it's the middle of the day and this woman has come to draw water. You say, Rich, why is that odd? Well, because it's really hot outside. This is uh, the Middle East, and she's choosing to do this act of labor in the middle of the day when the sun is at its hottest. Why is she doing that? She's doing that because she is an adulterous woman. She's been married five times. The dude she's with right now, the sixth guy, is still not her husband, and she wants to avoid the backlash and the criticism, so she's avoiding the crowd. How many of y'all know, as she's trying to avoid the crowd, she's about to have a collision with Christ? And there's Jesus. He's just waiting for her, and when she pulls up, Jesus starts having a conversation. This is odd as well. Why? Because Jewish rabbis do not, number one, speak to women that are not their wives, and he initiates the conversation. Always powerful that you understand that God is the great initiator. When we think about a relationship, over and over again, when Jesus, and we'll talk about this next week, when he teaches us about the church, he likens the church to a bride, and he is the groom. Why does he do that? Because he is saying that the groom initiates. The groom walks across and says, hey, I'd like to take you out. Hey, will you marry me? Everything about our faith is in response to what Jesus has already done. He started the conversation with you. No, I brought myself to church. You think you brought yourself to church. He was wooing you and drawing you to this place. I started praying. No, he was already giving you glimpses of his character in the sky. He was showing you his nature in your friends. And it caused you to respond to his great love. So he starts talking to her. 
Well, that's one odd thing, but it's even more odd because she is a Samaritan woman. And I think this is very, very practical in 2022. Samaritans were a mixed race. They were, they were Jews, but they were also mixed with Assyrians. And because of it, Samaritans were looked down upon Jews. I mean, it's classic racism all the way back 2000 years ago. This is not a new issue in the world. It's a sin issue that can only be solved through the love of Jesus Christ transforming individual hearts. So here's all these Jewish people and they're looking down on this race of people because they've got mixed gods. And so here's Jesus breaking every cultural rule that you possibly can. He's shown up in the middle of the day when the crowd's not around. He starts engaging this woman in a conversation and she's a Samaritan woman. So he's like, yo, um, can I get something to drink? And she's like, I can't believe you're speaking to me. He's like, well, if you knew who was speaking to you, you would be asking me for a drink. And she's like, well, what, 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 what okay, but you don't, you don't, you don't, what do, what do I, what do you have to give me? You know, it's like, well, you don't understand. I'm actually saying that you're the bucket and I'm the water and you ought to look at me and recognize who I am because I will satisfy that which is thirsty in your life. He starts to speak to her, just like he does to Nicodemus in metaphor. He says, I want to give you something to drink, but it's not physical water. It is spiritual water that will satisfy every area of your life that is thirsty, that is thirsty. I wonder today if you are dating dehydrated, that you think you're falling in love, but really your soul is just thirsty that that person can never ever complete or fix in your life. It's only Jesus who can satisfy the dehydrated areas of your soul. You say, well, Rich, how do I know if I'm thirsty? Well, you gotta go and do that journey on your own. That is individual work. That's the point of the collection. But I did ask our team this week, give me some signs in 2022 of what it looks like if people are thirsty. So the responses came back. And I'm very nervous to share them with you. You might be thirsty if you invite them to your house, but you can't invite them to your church. This is gonna be a bad message, I can already tell. I'm not even sure if I know what this one means. You might be thirsty if you spend more time on Bumble than you do reading your Bible. What is Bumble? Dating app, dating app, there you go. Never been on it. Um, this one's bad. You might be thirsty if you change your relationship status on social media to whatever you say it is. That's savage right there. Um, this one's funny. You might be thirsty if you used to want a man who carried his cross. Now you'll settle for a man who simply has a tattoo of a cross. Number four. You might be thirsty if you, uh, oh, number, number five, but I don't have number five up here. Bring it up, number five. You might be thirsty if you get jealous when another guy talks to the girl you like even though she doesn't even know you. That's kind of thirsty. Um, number six, you might be thirsty if you don't care that his divorce hasn't been finalized. Okay. Number seven, you might be thirsty if you are willing to date your best friend's ex. Is this real stuff? All right, this is a good one. 
<laughs> you might be thirsty if you are sure God has told you to marry her, but God hasn't informed her. <laughs> oh, come on, somebody. These are just eight signs you might be thirsty. Obviously, we're just playing with you a little bit and trying to, trying to make you laugh, but some of them made me cringe. Anyways, um, you might be thirsty if just... Am I thirsty? Am I, am I dating dehydrated? I'm just telling you, if you try to date that way, that person will never, ever be able to satisfy your soul. And you say, okay, Rich, what do I need to begin to do today? And once again, I have an entire chapter on the book in this, and this is just, I think, so some practical counsel. And in many ways, I told you at the very beginning of this collection, I'm passionate about this area of life for people. I don't have all the answers, but I do have children now. And uh, the things I wanna share with you today are the things I would challenge and encourage my children with. Just a few things that I would encourage each and every one of those people in this room today. If you're wanting to date and if you're wanting to date biblically, just some things to think about. I think the first area to uh, make sure that you're not thirsty and if you wanna get healthy is that you need to heal from the past. It's just good work to do as an individual. I think the older and older I get, the more I just realize how important it is to have good counsel, to make sure that I'm taking inventory of my soul, that I'm being honest with where I am at. So here's just a couple of things that you could start thinking about. You're like, okay, how do I begin to heal from the past? Well, we talked about it a lot last week, but unresolved childhood issues. Like this work is so much easier to do before you have a spouse, before you have children. Last week, I preached a message, and in many ways, I talked about father wounds. And I don't know if you were in crew this week. Close to 2,000 people were in a VU crew this week. But in my crew last Monday night, I'm just telling you what, just through conversation, the tears begin to flow. People begin to open up because there are different issues that we go through as a kid. And as we grow up, if we don't deal with those things, they show up in our relationships now. I wonder, have you, have you done the work to check out the pain, the trauma of your, of your childhood? I put this one down, trust issues. Maybe it's not childhood issues, maybe it's just trust issues. Maybe you are the suspicious spouse. I'm telling you what, all of us need to go on the journey of healing from the past. And the key, that, the biggest way we do that is through this word called forgiveness. I just love our gospel because our gospel is all about God forgiving us. We receive his forgiveness so that what? So that we can show forgiveness to other people, that we can forgive ourselves. Listen, if you don't heal from what hurt you, you will bleed on people who never cut you. Many of us, it's because of trust issues that you know, one bad relationship is now ruining all of your other relationships. I wonder today, are you dehydrated? Are you, are you thirsty? Is it a trust issue that you are not focused on getting healing and walking through forgiveness? It is a process. How many of y'all know it's a process to forgive? I felt like last week there was so much left unsaid because forgiveness is not like I just come to church one Sunday and it's just all over. That might be your story, but more often than not, it is a process to forgive. You're gonna need some accountability to forgive. You're gonna need some people to process what you're processing because it's a journey of letting it go. But if you're here today and you're like, I don't wanna date dehydrated. I wanna make sure that I get a clear vision of where I'm going. Do the work right now to heal from the past. It's not just healing from the past. I think the second thing that we need to do is we need to start to prepare for the future. Prepare for the future. Like, 
Last week I talked a lot about having a vision. Of course, those of you that are married, you should have a mission for your home, especially you husbands out there. I would just challenge you, like this is a great collection for you to do some homework after these messages on Sunday. Get your family together. In fact, today you can blame me. I know it's a little awkward, like, hey babe, we're gonna make a mission for our home, but just blame me. Like he said it, I'm gonna do it. Write things out, have direction for where it is that you're going. But if you're single in this room and you're about to get into a relationship with somebody, you ought to have some vision about where it is that you want to go with that person. Start describing it. Start building and preparing for the future. Listen, you ought to be living right now in the way that you're talking about hoping for tomorrow. You ought to be living that life in the same way of going, man, one day, no, 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 start living in that manner now. All right, so what are some things I can do to prepare for the future? This is just really practical because people don't always tell you this. Like, here's something right now, if you're single and you're not dating anybody yet, like, just do some of the hard work. Like, get out of debt. Like, I know, like, no one, people don't say this, but, like, getting out of debt when you're single is going to be easier than when you get your debt and your debt. That's called debt to the second power. That's called broke, broke, you know, um, we have all sorts of great resources here at VU Church. On Tuesday nights, we have a VU Care class that teaches financial freedom, that you would begin to realize that money is a tool. And do you know that one of the number one, I think the top two reasons every year for divorce, financial pressure. What? Like, when you said I do, you didn't think it was gonna be debt that caused your divorce, but it becomes a burden and it becomes a pressure on so many people that right now you could start to do that work of saying, I wanna, I wanna start getting out of debt. I'm not saying that you can't have debt to get married. Of course you can. But if you're right now on your own journey and you're single, why not do the work of getting out of debt? By the way, when you start dating someone, I always talk about dating should be investigation. You ask questions, bro. Get to know that person. Who are you? What's your mama like? Where'd you go to school? What happens when you get angry? You got any credit card debt I should know about? I'm serious, you ought to get to, you ought to investigate and figure out, this is the person that you're gonna share your life with, but if you're not careful, like we have a song. Having a song does not eradicate your debt. I know, but we have, we have the same, blue is our favorite color. Not a strong enough commonality when you actually hit the pressure of life. I wanna prepare for the future. Okay, get out there, watch this. Build something. Oh, I like this so much. Build something on your own. I'm not talking about building a company, although you could do that. I'm not talking about being a CEO, although you could do that. I'm just saying start building something of your own now. Build your education, build your character, build your friends, build your church, build something of your own. You, you, you don't marry the person who's just standing around. You marry the person who's running their race. By the way, this is how Jesus picks people, by the way, in his leadership. Like, go throughout the entire Old Testament and New Testament. You, every time God picks somebody, they were always busy building something. It wasn't always a spiritual thing. I mean, 
He found the prophets and they're out there in the field just plowing the field. He's like, I can use that. He found Peter and those guys, they were out there being fishermen. I can use that. He found people doing evil stuff. He found Matthew, the tax collector, stealing money. He's like, yo, we could use that if I turn it around and put my grace on it for my glory. He's looking for people that are already busy doing something. Build something. I wrote it this way. Be the one you desire desires. Just, are you behaving in a manner? Are you behaving in a way that would be attractive to the person you're looking for? How about this way? Are you the person you're looking for is looking for? Like, like, like be what you want is what I'm trying to get to. I know I want someone passionate. Stop being apathetic. I want someone ambitious. Stop living such a lazy life. I want someone who makes me laugh. Then quit moping around. I want someone attractive. Go back to the gym. I want someone on fire for God. Go to growth track step four today. Quit putting it off. Build something. Build something. Build something. What you project, others will reflect. So what are you projecting? Are you preparing for the future? This is prepare for the future. Watch this. Establish healthy habits. I know, I know this is like, this isn't groundbreaking stuff, but I'm just amazed how many people just get so thirsty, so dehydrated, so famished, opening the fridge. What's there? Let me get anything and before you know it, they're calling something that's really thirst, they call it love. But as fast as you fell in love will be as fast as you fall out of love. Well, I had butterflies. I know, but butterflies fly away. <laughs> really? I thought the chemistry would always last. You're gonna have to keep working that <laughs> formula. <laughs> so so start, start building healthy habits and I, I could teach a long time on habits and it's honestly a collection that we need to do because habits are these involuntary behaviors that we do without even thinking about it. So when you think about habits, think about your subconscious. Every day you make countless decisions, so many choices, so many decisions. Habits help you because when you have good habits, you're making good decisions without even having to think about them. So we could talk about all sorts of stuff. I don't know, like, I don't know what bad habits you have, but I know this, I know that marriage Marriage only magnifies what's going on. I think marriage, this is, my wife might not like this. Marriage is kind of like the pandemic. How many of y'all know the pandemic, what did it tend to do? It tended to strengthen things that were already strong and it tended to destroy things that were already cracking. The pandemic exposed what was on the inside. It was a pruning process for so many. Companies, families, friends, Politicians, even churches. Marriage does the same thing. If you got bad habits before you're married, oh my gosh, they're gonna be destructive habits. So, so start working on good habits now. Start making good decisions. If you got addictions right now, deal with that on your own. Deal with that on your own. You have trauma, deal with that on your own before you get into the relationship. You're gonna be so much happier for it.
I wrote it down this way, and I just wanna say this to all the single people out there. Even though you haven't met your children yet, your decisions are still impacting them. Come on, I need some parents out there to make a little bit of noise. So I, 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 gotta, I, gotta, I gotta heal from the past. I gotta prepare for the future. Watch this, this is good. Be wise in the present. Be wise in the present. Right now, today, you've got today. You're not married yet. You're not in a, a full-blown committed relationship yet. So, so what do I need to do? All right, I would say as you start to date, can I just encourage people? And I'm not trying to be like, Mr. I don't understand the times, but like just postpone the physical. And as I write this, I'm not even talking about like sex because I think there's a pretty clear guideline in God's word around the parameters to sex. I'm just saying postpone the physical. I have never met anyone now, ever, who's like, we should, we should have moved quicker. Just wish we would have, you know, moved quicker physically. No one says that. Everybody in the room knows someone who's like, just wish we wouldn't have moved so fast. Because what happens is, is that when you start engaging physically, it starts to cover up other problems. And the mirage keeps showing up. That's why it's called makeup sex. So a lot of people, what really happens is, is that they, they know how to do makeup sex. They don't actually know how to do forgiveness. They don't actually know conflict resolution. We're making out and I feel better. I, you're being driven by your feelings. You still have a faulty foundation. I, I, I was talking to a, a family uh, a couple weeks ago. I just loved it. Um, there were some pastors and their, and their, their, their son is starting to court this girl, date this girl. That's a really old school word, court. And um, thank you. And... Um, <laughs> And they were telling me the story, and it actually just, it actually just moved my heart, and I know it might sound kind of like, but they're long distance. And so friends that kind of them, they're both Christians, they're both believers, and they started falling in love on the phone. And so they've been going on dates. I think this is so cute. The other night, he took her on a date to Olive Garden, and uh, she lives in a different state, and so he brought his FaceTime phone, set it up at the two-person dinner table with breadsticks, and she went to the same Olive Garden in whatever her town is, and she set up a FaceTime thing, and they just had a whole night of eating breadsticks and poor pasta and <laughs> had a conversation. And when I heard it, I said, there's something really beautiful about that, though. They got a whole lifetime, if they had to choose to get married, to engage physically and praise God, we get to have sex. It's awesome. But man, I'm so thankful that they're getting to build a real relationship on communication before they build something on physical attraction. How about this one? Uh, don't missionary date. What does that mean, Rich? Okay. You came and you met Jesus. And oh, you guys are coming in right now. Okay, I like that. Play. So I get off the stage, Rich. I'm just warming up. Um, This is now gonna become spiritual. It wasn't so spiritual in my mind. <laughs> Missionary dating is, is that you've fallen in love with Jesus and now you start falling for some person, start dating some person, and you think it is your responsibility to be their missionary. And I love your heart. I just, I love your intention. It's just not biblical. 
For the scripture says, do not be unequally yoked with a non-believer. It is easy to fall in love. It is easy for the butterflies to come about. And I appreciate your heart and I appreciate your intention to wanna help that person and you care about that person. And I know there's all sorts of stories out there. There's outlier stories. I'm just talking to the general audience. There's a lot of people that are hearing this message today. But I'm just telling you, scripturally, this is not a good idea. Like, by the way, we read that scripture, don't be unequally yoked, and we think that only means be a Christian. That's why some of y'all make me laugh. It's like, Pastor Rich, he comes to church. I'm like, that means nothing. We got a lot of people that come to this church. But just because you come to this church doesn't mean that you are a candidate to be married to someone else. Unequally yoked, the foundation is do we believe in Jesus? And then it continues to grow. Are we, this, are we strong in the same categories? Are we, do we have shared values? Do we have a mission? What is our life for? Can, can I just be honest with you? Like, this thing called marriage is so freaking hard. The last thing you need is when you're going through crisis and turbulence and real pain and real struggle because it awaits all of us. There's people in this room right now that are going through the fight of their life. I'm just telling you what, when I am in the fight of my life, I need my partner at a bare minimum to say, when I don't know what else to do, we ought to hit our knees and we ought to pray. You don't, you don't believe in that? You don't believe in that? I don't believe in that. Okay, I love you, but I gotta love you from afar. <laughs> I can't love you in the deepest intimate relationship of my life. So don't missionary date. Someone came the other day like, look, Rich, have you ever read the story of Hosea and Gomer? And I was like, oh my God, our church is, needs help with biblical literacy. And I, this might be the only service of the day that even understands this, but Hosea, let's just go there for a second. Hosea is, in the Old Testament, he's a, he's a prophet. If you know his story, God commands him to marry a prostitute. He marries the prostitute, they have children, and then she leaves him. And God says, I want you to go back for her again. And so someone the other day was like, but the story of Hosea and Gomer. I'm like, okay, uh, real quick. Let's just talk about biblical interpretation. So you and the story are, you, who are you? Hold on, I just wanna, hold on, just help me. I want to understand the thinking here. You're Hosea and the person you're dating, they're Gomer. That's kind of how I interpret it. Oh God. Um, the story of Hosea and Gomer is number one, Old Testament. That's pretty helpful. And it is an illustration and a depiction of what? Of God in the form of Jesus coming and buying back and loving his bride, you and I, the harlot. How many times do we have one night stands with Jesus? How many times do we just date Jesus and then break up with Jesus? And the story of Hosea and Gomer is not an application to your dating life. It is there that you might fall more in love with a God who came and found you in your brokenness. Nowhere is the application that you or me are Hosea. I promise you, nobody in this room is living up to the standards of an Old Testament prophet. And better yet, you don't want to. You and I are Gomer. 
homework. Like, he's Hosea. So I appreciate, once again, your heart, and you get to make your own decisions walking out of here. I'm just trying to help you truly fall in love, not just be thirsty. Maybe direct that person that you care about to a crew. Maybe direct that person to God's word. It's funny because um, there's somebody even here today, I just sense it in one of our locations, and like you ought to just know right now, like you're dating a Christian and you're not the Christian. I would just encourage you right now, get out of that because you're dating a hypocrite. What do you mean? Oh yeah, like they're not gonna tell you, but they really want you to be a Christian. I don't care what they say to you. No, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. No, every, they want you to be a Christian. Their mom wants you to be a Christian. They got you here today because they're hoping that I will say something to you that you'll become a Christian. You don't even like people that try to change you, but you're dating one right now. And if you're sleeping together, that's, oh man. Well, come on. The reason why you don't come to this church is you can't stand hypocrites. However, you are dating one right now. Oh, oh yeah. So I'm just saying you don't want to date hydrated. Just look at it for what it is. You can be with who you want to be. I'm just saying you're going to find the fight of your life and you're going to need somebody. You're going to need somebody who who believes like you believe. I wrote this one down. You got to deal with the conflict. You got to deal with conflict. Like like that's what you can do right now in the present. You got to learn how to deal with conflict. You got to learn how to forgive. You got to learn how to apologize. You got to learn how to communicate. It doesn't get easier when you get married. It's like, oh, now we can communicate. No, 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 no. You got to learn right now. When Don and I first got married, one of the greatest gifts of our life, we didn't know, but we moved into a loft apartment. It was awesome because every fight we got, it's like, I'm going to my room. It's like, I'm still, I'm in the room and you're at the couch. I'm sick of you. I'm sick of you too. I'm not going anywhere. Me neither. Let's just talk about it. There was nowhere to run. It forced us to deal with the conflict. Some of us today, we've got just so many outlets that we can run to, and I would just encourage you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta deal with the conflict. You gotta deal with the conflict. This woman in John chapter four, she's been pushed aside by society. She has been written off. She's got a lot of things going against her. But one day, this man named Jesus figures out a way to go through Samaria and end up at a well in the middle of the day. Nobody else is around because he doesn't seek to shame her. He doesn't seek to embarrass her. He's not trying to condemn her. He wants to love her and he wants to meet her need. Go get your husband. I have no husband. What happened was, uh, he's not here. You're right in saying you have no husband. You've had five husbands. Why have you had five husbands? Because you're thirsty. Because you think a new relationship's gonna fix the last relationship. You think a new person's gonna fix the last person. However, if you're always at the scene of every crash, maybe, just maybe, you ought to look at the common denominator. You've been with five men, and now you're with a sixth man. And that sixth man 
he's not even your husband. But it wasn't until she met the seventh man, Jesus, the number of completion, the number of satisfaction. They said, if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask me for a drink of water. I'm not talking to you about some physical water that you can drink and you'll never need a drink. No, we're going to get thirsty in this life. We're going to get dehydrated in this life. We're going to find ourselves at times looking for validation in the wrong places. But he's saying, if you knew me, now you would discover that whenever you get thirsty, there is a well that never runs dry. I am the seventh man who wants to meet your needs. I am the seventh man who wants to satisfy your soul. And I just think for all of us in this place today, me included, I wonder if today, if we can truly take Jesus at his words and say, Jesus, I'm coming back to the well that never runs dry. Jesus, will you satisfy me once again? We live in crazy times the TikTok culture, the Instagram culture, all day long, we're looking for validation. We're looking for people to like our stuff and comment our stuff and see us and notice us. And all the while, they're not the ones who made us. They're not the ones who created us. There is only one. His name is Jesus Christ, author, perfecter, finisher of our faith. And he says, when you drink of me, you will never thirst again. I am the well that does not run dry. Keep coming back and I will quench your thirst. You're not settling with me. You are getting the best with me. Drink of me and you will never, ever be dehydrated. Come on, if you believe that, give God some praise today. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present, and I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in the next steps of your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com online. We love you.